Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of Culturally Relevant. Uh, if you've been reading the news in the United States, you've seen that there is uh, a lot of unfortunate weather-related activity going on in Texas right now. Um, <laughs> millions of people are without power. Uh, many people are without water. And uh, I uh, have been worried about a lot of uh, the people I know, folks down in Texas, uh, going through this. So I've been reaching out to a few of them and just asking how it's going. One of those people is my guest today. I just wanted to talk to him about his experience of this week. Scott Wampler is the co-creator and co-host of The KingCast, uh, a podcast about the works of Stephen King. Check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. Scott Wampler, how's it going today, Thursday, February 18th? Today is actually going pretty okay on my end. I mean, we're talking. We're talking. Yeah. Like uh, over an internet uh, connected line of some kind. It's funny. You asked me to do this, and um, I'm so used to just being fucked in a a myriad of ways after this week (laughs) that it didn't even occur to me that I could do this. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I I could actually record something right now. Um, Yes. So, yes. So, yes. So, I want to start by asking you about uh, what you anticipated this week would be like. I think you probably had heard that a big snowstorm was going to come, right? Um, did you have any sense of how bad it was <laughs> no. uh, in terms of the storm itself, let alone like the follow-on effects of it? No, uh, we don't. How do I answer this? Um, <laughs> we do not get snow as a rule here. Yes. In Austin. And, 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 oh, and in sorry, Texas to clarify, Yeah. To clarify, where exactly do you live? I'm in Austin. I'm yeah. I live out in the sticks, which will become relevant to my, you know, experience here in a, in a minute. Uh, I don't live in the city. I live just outside the city. And, um, you know, so we're in kind of a, a remote area. Uh, my my misanthropy misanthropy extends even to where I would purchase a house. I, I just want to be mm. out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so you're in Austin in a relatively remote area place of it yes uh yeah and austin does not i've lived here for i guess 11 years now um i saw snow maybe the first or second year i was here like a dusting and then Mm -hmm. uh a couple of weeks ago we got a fair amount of snow and it's it's so unusual to see snow here that you know i remember these two instances of it otherwise in the past 10 years i've not seen snow unless i've seen it out of town um and so before the this storm hit it the novelty of it was holy shit we're gonna get snow twice in one year and (laughs) and um amazing it'll be like we can actually celebrate a real christmas yeah the dogs will love this uh and so my wife and i were just kind of like well i guess we're gonna be you know the roads will probably not be safe for a day or two and but you know we'll be here we'll be fine we got everything we need Um, and then we, in the middle of the night on Sunday night, um, the power was going on and off, which we, we registered by the, uh, you know, smoke alarms in the house were like beeping on and off, you know, as the power went on and off. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, we slept through the night, but kept getting interrupted by that. So when we woke up, we knew something was amiss. And sure enough, the power was off when we woke up Monday morning and there was snow like I have never fucking seen it in Austin. Like, I now have you experienced snow in your life before? Like, yeah. where have you lived before Texas? Well, I, I've always lived in 
in Texas. Um, gotcha. But my my grandparents were from uh, Canada, and when I was a kid, I went up there once. Uh, we visited them, visited them like during the holidays. So I've seen like, I've been in, you know, sub zero temperatures before, you know, and I've seen lots of snow. I've also seen it in, um, Virginia where the other part of my family is from. Um, but those were, all, th- that's like when I was a kid, you know, I have not seen anything like this, uh, for most of my adult life. And, uh, yeah, there was, uh, a, a shocking amount of snow out in the backyard. It was, you walked out in front of the house and it was like, I mean, it, it'll sound stupid to anyone from say Chicago <laughs> or New York, but it yeah, was like yeah. gobsmacking. Like we were just like, holy fucking sh- Have you ever seen something like this? You know? <laughs> and how much snow was it? Like, uh, six to 12 inches. Like I, I forget exactly. Well, how much did you get exactly in your area? It's, uh, I posted pictures of it on, um, my Twitter feed. I think the official tally was like five or six inches, but that cannot mm. possibly be right. At least with the snow drifts, I had like well over a foot just sitting on top of the, the, the table in my backyard, you know, and, um, and certainly out front, uh, my, the way my house, I mean, I live in a neighborhood where the front lawns, every, every house has a driveway in front of it. Those slope down to a street. And then across the street, there's another driveway that slopes upward to those houses. So it creates sort of a valley effect on every street. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was so much snow that it looked straight across to my neighbors, mm-hmm. which was like an optical illusion or something. Like it was, it was fucking wild. And so, we, within a very short amount of time, we realized, okay, the power's off. And I stopped getting phone access. Um, we didn't have any hot hot water, I believe, early on. Um, everything just kind of started falling apart bit by bit by bit. So by the end of Monday, we were like, how is the power not back on? And we had no way of like checking the news or, or anything like that because, you know, our phones were off. The, uh, power was shut off. And then on Tuesday I got, a I got about an hour and a half worth of power, um, late in the day. The thing so there's like no communication about like, hey, power is going to be on at 1.30 today. Like it no, just nothing. randomly comes on and off, right? Yeah, it it, it like it came and it, it came on for you know about 90 minutes, but the thing was it was flickering, so it would go about 10 minutes and then it would flicker off, and mm. then maybe 10 seconds later it would come back. It was just enough so that the heat in the house could not find any purchase or or footing, right. you know. So we could not generate heat. And also it was just enough time for the modem to get back online. And I would get like literally one to two minutes to send a message and then it would shut off again. And it did that. And for, at this point, your phone was out of battery. Like you, you couldn't, no, or was the, it wasn't the that phone my hit? phone was out yeah. of battery. It was that, um, cell towers, yeah, cell working, towers or? weren't working. So, you know, texts weren't working. Texts weren't coming in and out. Phone calls were a crapshoot. um, the internet, like it, it was weird. Like I could pull up Twitter on my phone and it wouldn't update for hours. And then suddenly it would update with no rhyme or reason, Mm. you know? And then I got a little bit of access, uh, 
you know, in those one to two minute bursts spread out over 90 minutes on Tuesday. Um, yesterday we got, or maybe that was Monday. It's hard to remember at this point, but <laughs> yeah. the, the next day we got one yeah. hour and it was the same story, you know, on and off, on and off, on and off. Um, so we were able to say heat up cans of soup and shit like that. Um, but we could not, we could not get anything else accomplished. And then yesterday in the middle of the afternoon, uh, just as I was, <laughs> I was, I was about to go to Home Depot and buy an axe to chop down my fence and turn it into firewood because uh, uh, there's a whole uh-huh. long story there with uh, this saga between me and my neighbor next door. Um, the fence is falling down and uh, these people next door, they didn't own the house. They were renting. And so um, those people moved out about a week ago and the owner and I had recently agreed to replace that split the cost on replacing the portion of fence that we shared so I called her up yesterday and was like, listen, I don't have any firewood. I can't get firewood around here, but I have a fire pit. And if we're just going to rip that fucking fence down anyway and, and build a new one before the new tenants come in, would you have a problem if I went out there and demolished it with an axe and and put it in my fire pit? And she was like, well, I guess not. You know, I can't, you know, there, there's no real reason to say no to this. So I was, I was like, I heated up one of the cars uh, and melted the sheer amount of ice that was stuck to it um, and was on my way out the door to to go buy an axe because I don't own one. And um, Well, hold on. Let me pause for a moment yeah. uh, before you move forward with the, the axe buying story. Um, so you said you got around six inches of snow on, what was it, Sunday night? Um, yeah. Monday? Around that time? Uh, I have lived in a couple places in the country uh, at this point that have gotten various amounts of snow. Yeah, right? I spent yeah. most of my life in Boston. You know, Boston, we'd receive, you know, many, many feet of snow in a given year. And in Seattle, where I am right now, uh, not at all. Like, we maybe six inches for a whole winter yeah. right, is often what we get, right? Right. And this year, it was a little different. We got a foot of snow around the same time as you guys did mm-hmm. um, this week. And the thing is with Seattle, when you get some snow the entire city shuts down because uh, the there's no infrastructure. Like in Boston, there are is a whole fleet of like right. uh, government-owned and privately contracted snowplows yeah, that yeah. just deploy to the streets. They're salting the earth. Uh, they're like cleaning up like main arteries all the time. And in Seattle, we don't have that. They clean like a lot of the main roads, but a lot of the side roads uh, are not clean. And there's like tons of hills in Seattle, too. So it's just just not really good. So basically, when there's a little bit of snow, like two to three inches, everything shuts down. And I got to imagine whatever infrastructure we have, you guys have even less of. Yeah, there's none of that shit here. You know, um, we don't have fireplaces. We don't have snow shovels, for instance. Um, Why would we ever have that? You know, uh, <laughs> like you can't even go buy one at the hardware store, probably not. As, well, uh, there's a target uh, within driving distance of me, by which I mean, I do not have to take a highway to get there. Mm-hmm. And right next to that is like uh, a Home Depot. Um, I had made it out of the house on Tuesday and gone to the target, which was the both target and 
Home Depot were on a grid that was servicing a police station and a hospital. And so they had like limited power and generators. And so they were able to open up like a few registers, you know, each. Um, so what you had was lines outside of each store, which were, you know, a hundred people long, if not longer. Um, but then there were signs on the front of the building, like, you know, we don't have this, we don't have that, you know, we don't have firewood, we don't have blah, blah, blah. So, and the power was off inside of, uh, the target. I didn't make it into the, uh, Home Depot on that day, but, uh, so, so you, so you drove to these places and by this time was driving to them like treacherous in any way, or was it yeah, just, but yeah. like, like I was telling you in, in the, the DMS, like, um, because we live out in the sticks, everyone out here owns a, a gigantic truck and the roads were just pulverized by these trucks driving on them, you gotcha. know? So there, the, the immediate area, there were like divots you could drive in. Otherwise right. it was just pure ice and the streets are, you know, the street out of my neighborhood is lined with cars that just didn't make it. And they were like spun off into culverts and what have you, um, or smashed into light like poles, a, you know, b- b- between the scattered abandoned cars on the side of the road and the fact that a hundred people were waiting in line for water and firewood, it must've felt pretty apocalyptic. Oh, Absolutely. And the light was off in the store. So you had people like just snatching shit off the shelves, just loading whatever they could find into a car. It was full on apocalyptic. Like, And did you like, did you get what you need? Did you wait in line and get what you needed? Or did you just like see it and then be like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not going to do this. No, we, we stuck with it for Target. Um, Target is five minutes from me. It usually takes, if I have to go grab something at Target, it takes me 20 minutes round trip, probably a little more. Uh, this particular trip took two and a half hours to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we went by the Home Depot afterwards. At that point, we were just trying to find firewood. But that was one of the things on the list posted outside that they didn't have. So we we're like, ah, fuck it. We'll we'll go home. Um, I should have at least stuck around and gotten an axe. Uh, but, you know, again, yesterday I was on the verge of going to buy the axe when um, the power went on. And I was like, holy shit, like we've well, this is probably another rolling blackout thing. It's going to go off any minute, but now the power has stayed on. We don't have water now, but we have power. So at least I think it got down to like 39, 40 degrees in the house was where we, we peaked. Um, which is like, I, I can't express to you how fucking cold that is when you're (laughs) indoors, you know, like it's one thing to be out in 39, 40 degree of weather outside, but if you have a hot building to step into, as needed that's that's a completely different story um and th- also like in texas particularly you know like where you're probably not used to getting that kind of weather at all i mean no uh, when i'm in seattle like living in seattle it's fairly temperate and it softens you up you know i'm used to negative 15 with the wind chill from boston and then living here for a few years once i go back to that it's like wow this is terrible you know yeah um our and again our, our we're not prepared for this in any way you know not only the individuals, the citizens, but also the local governments. We don't have a fleet of trucks like you were talking about to to salt the the roadways and and snow plows or whatever. I think I read that there were like twenty snow plows in the entirety of fucking uh, North Texas, like up by Denton. Um, you know, it's just not it's not a thing we ever have to deal with. 
you know um yeah and so so you you got your power back so that's good and then one of the things you had mentioned to me was just one thing that's very weird is i'm reading the new york times i'm reading washington post about this story of what's happening in texas i'll link to these in the show notes but uh everyone is kind of experiencing this in a different way like i've reached yes. out some people have water some people don't some people have electricity some people don't uh and that makes it even more weird and upsetting yes yeah oh absolutely like eric my my co-host on the kingcast he's clear on the other side of the city um like a 40 minute drive from here under good conditions uh and he's had nothing since sunday night no electricity or water you're saying no nothing and i've you know i've talked to him about coming out here we have a guest room but also he's got cats. We have three dogs, one of which could absolutely eat a cat if it wanted to. So that's one thing. But the bigger problem is that in order for him to get here, he would have to take the highways, you know, and those are a fucking death trap right now. Like, so it's like you want to help, but also like it's it's just not feasible really for anyone I know in Austin to come to where I am. Um, and. I was amazed when we got power back to take a look at the news and see that, you know, the official word was, well, basically, we're just going to have to wait it out. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're just going to have to fucking wait it out. Like, that's the solution. Like, why? Like, surely there's something more that can be being done right now. But uh, the governor of Texas is uh, like a known coward. You know, um, and and known to be ineffectual, the the conservatism, the conservatism, conservatism. I feel like I can't talk uh, in this state. Uh, the need to maintain that 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 red state holds uh, trumps, for lack of a better word, um, anything else. So you can look at Governor Abbott. You can look at Senator Ted Cruz, and just with your naked eyeballs, you can see, oh, these are fucking, you know. Uh, to to put it in terms that uh, your audience might be f- familiar with, like it's it's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. It's like I know a squealer when I see one. You know, <laughs> that's what these guys are. They're like they're they're the type of like weak willed, spineless, jellyfish fucking cowards and and charlatans that most of the people in Texas would would hate if you you told them this. Ted Cruz with his ill-fitting suits and his fucking mutton chops from some other dimension and like just eh, eh, like a sniveling little bitch. Um, that's what these guys are. And so this is our leadership right now. This morning we found out that Ted Cruz uh, flew off to Cancun while the rest of us are, are uh, you know, freezing to death up here. Or, you know, I'm not. I got, I got some power to my house, but a lot of fucking people are. And um, it is infuriating. It's infuriating that they're not doing more. And if they are doing more, then they need to be more transparent about it. But when the official word is just like, well, going to have to wait it out. And here's some warming centers for you. Good luck getting to them while the fucking roads are shut down. Um, it's, a, it's a complete clusterfuck. We were getting, we were getting notices to boil our water um, when we had no ability to boil water. Uh, and or or often water to boil for some people. Yes, right? like uh, they, they weren't getting anything coming through. The right, pipes. we still had water when we went under a, a boil water advisory, but we had no way of heating it or boiling it. 
Um, and now we have a, a way to boil it, but we have no fucking water. You know, it's it's uh, it's 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 so infuriating and particularly after the last year to be stuck in this this mess that, as it all turns out, is related to the fact that they privatized our fucking grid in this state uh, over uh, up in El Paso. That portion of the, the country is on, uh, you know, uh, a national national grid, but like, say, 80, 85 percent of Texas is on its own grid because we didn't want to follow the fucking safety regulations that were imposed on the uh, nationwide grid. You know, Texas got to do it by itself. You know, you got you to let the free market work its magic. Oh, it's with, working. It's when fucking it comes magic. to something like uh, electricity for people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Who needs electricity? Let's let's, you know, roll the dice on that, which is what they've done for many, many years. Um there was a warning back in 2011 or so that like something like this could happen and this needed to be fixed. It was never fixed. Um, this is what we're seeing here is um, what what could be just a mildly inconvenient winter storm taken to its ultimate level by incompetence and greed and uh, a, a catastrophic failure um, by the leadership in this state. And we've been working towards flipping this state blue for a while now. And I've got to think after this, um, maybe maybe things will go a different direction once we once we hit the next round of elections. Uh, I, I want to ask you about the fact that all this stuff is happening during a pandemic as well, mm-hmm. uh, which makes obviously makes everything harder and. I guess I'm just curious what the vibe is over there. Like when you're when you're standing in line with people, like are they socially distanced or wearing masks? Because well, they're all wearing masks. Um, oh, that's good. Uh, there's a number of people in my area that are still doing the thing where they're putting it under their nose, you know. And yeah. uh, that's just that's just garden variety ignorance, you know. Yeah, but um, but, but it's be- it's better than nothing. I feel like it is. You know, when it I is. see that, yeah, you know. Um, I, I, but I agree, it's not optimal. It's not optimal. I saw one guy at Target that was just like not doing the mask thing, and I'm mm. like, you stupid mother! Like, <laughs> it's freezing, fucking. It's like seven degrees out. Why aren't you wearing a mask if if only for warmth? Everyone <laughs> around you in every Put direction on a is wearing lava or something. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Put on your put on your little ski mask if if you want to be a big man and not not wear a mask during the pandemic. But um, you know, it's it's also a thing where you've got to weigh it. You know, if I had only been able to go into Target and get bottled water, if by some weird reason it was like you got to go in there without a mask, the need to have water or firewood or any other necessity would, you know, outweigh that. It's a more immediate concern. I could hold my breath. I could I could try to I could try to navigate that situation while, you know, holding my shirt over my face or or something, you know, but I'm still going to fucking do it. It's like people were people were yelling at me on Twitter yesterday when I announced my plan to chop down my fence. And they were like, "That wood's treated for for weather. You if you if you burn it, it could have chemicals." And I'm like, "Shut <laughs> the fuck up right now." Like, do you understand the situation I'm in? Like, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like there there's like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And in the case yes. of the pandemic, there's like a whole new hierarchy of needs, right? Like, yes, avoiding the pandemic 
uh, or the coronavirus is important, but other things are more important, like not freezing to death or not, you know. And in your case, yes, breathe like avoiding breathing in treated chemicals is important, but also having warmth is good. No you know, shit. Like, yeah. yeah. So like uh, people are I, I, I know people on social media are trying to help by providing advice. But at a certain point, you just sound like a fucking hall monitor, you know, and, you know, this idea of not maybe not chopping down my fence and burning it in a, in a fire pit, no less, not not inside, you know, right. but like in a thing in my backyard. Uh, it's like it would be like telling Mad Max not to siphon gas in the wastelands because it might give him a tummy ache. Meh. Like, fuck it. Get the fuck out of here with this advice. You know, like, give me something useful to work with. Don't 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 shame me while my my balls are literally clacking together because it's so goddamn cold. Speaking of uh, shaming people on social media, did you see this post by Tim Boyd, the mayor of Colorado City, Texas, by any chance? I did. Uh, I saw something about it. I don't think I've read the actual post, but I've right, read so, some highlights, you know. So Tim Boyd, the mayor of Colorado City, Texas, wrote the following on Facebook. I am now going to do a dramatic reading of this post by Tim Boyd. Let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. Good no timing on that. I gotta, I gotta say, good timing on hurting feelings. It's what everyone no wants one, right now. <laughs> no one owes you or your family anything. And he says he spelled or incorrectly. He spelled it A-R-E. Nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any service, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have your electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. You're sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because your your lazy is direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. And then he goes on for a little bit. But um, anyway, um, what's this guy saying? Went, Tim Boyd. Uh, that went viral. Tim Boyd is cordially invited to suck my entire dick. Um, but it, but that is also, you know, that's, that's what we're dealing with in Texas. Like the, that, that's the sort of leadership you can expect in this state. Uh, so, uh, he actually resigned oh, good. after, uh, telling people only the strong will survive. Uh, so I, that's, that's good. Cause that, that post went viral and people were like, this is terrible. We're not, you're not expecting a handout by expecting, electricity that you paid for to come to your house well hopefully the state doesn't elect him our lieutenant governor during the next round of elections Uh, the state has a problem with not remembering things when it comes time to cast a vote uh so he may have resigned but oh i'm sure we'll see him pop up again in some other form you know it does feel to me like last year has shown the limits of the rugged individualism that America and specifically a state like Texas is known for where the mentality is, hey, uh, we are all doing our own thing. You, you got to it, it, it's the post apocalypse like you got to make your own way through uh, the ruins of civilization like no, no one's right. here to help you. Right. Like uh, we, we're not going to bend together to stop coronavirus or uh, help each other during a terrible blizzard or whatnot. It is every person for themselves. And there's some real limits to that approach, to governance and to public health and to just society in general. And I'm curious, like, th- does this 
do you, a do you agree with what I'm saying? And B, like, how does this make you feel about living in Texas? Like, are you like, I'm gonna stick around and try to make it better, or are you like, f this place, I'm out of here? Like, what what is your kind of relationship with Texas after seeing everything that's happening? In the last year and specifically in the last week? Um, well, you know, again, I live in Austin. Um, I, I grew up in Dallas. Uh, and the vibe up there is very different than than Austin, just as Houston is a very different vibe to Austin. Austin is essentially an oasis of sanity in the rest of the state of Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this is a far left-leaning city. We still got... You know, we've still got skinheads here. We've still got abusive cops. We've still got, you know, a homeless problem that is not being resolved in any tangible way. Uh, so it's it's not completely free of its own shames, but uh, it is compared to other places in Texas. It is more left leaning, forward thinking, progressive, all of that kind of shit. The problem is that, you know, with, uh, you know a dildo like like Greg Abbott is that when the the covid thing started he was like well this is you know uh we're 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 going to leave the mayors in charge of this and you know it's up to you to to get this shit back on track like he was you know passing the buck and then a number of mayors were like okay well we're going to force everyone to wear masks we're going to shut down the schools and blah 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 and then Abbott you know let back into the fray and was like uh well no, I'm going to override all this. Businesses can stay open. Bars can stay open. You know, just making the worst possible choices and overriding the people he told to get it done in the first place, you know. And so it's been a constant struggle for every city in Texas throughout the COVID pandemic um, to sort of get a hold of this thing, even if your local government uh, like like Austin wanted to do those things, the the governor himself has stopped those things from happening. It's 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 truly insane. And then you and then for this to happen, like just as we're we're at what feels like the tail end of this thing, you know, where we're we're getting some vaccines. The va- the vaccine rollout's been a fucking nightmare. But you you can get an appointment. Uh, I've got an appointment to get vaccinated. Well, I had one last week. It got bumped to this week, and now it's been bumped to next week. We'll see if that holds, but it can be done. You know, you you can find uh, vaccination access if you know where to look for it. But uh, it's another thing that they bungled. And to have this happen, like, right in the middle of that is it's it's infuriating. You know, I, I don't think I'll ever leave Texas for good. You know, um, my wife's a teacher here. She has a strong connection to her school, her students, um, and our, our parents live here. We're not in Austin, but in Texas. And I and we just love Austin. You know, it's got all the culture that the the rest of Texas is largely missing out on. And I, I love this town dearly. I, I don't think I'll leave it, but um but it is wildly infuriating to live in a state like this. Well, uh, we are all feeling for you guys down in Texas. Uh, our thoughts are with you. Uh, I'll link to a couple of resources in the show notes. There's a piece by the Texas Tribune about how to help and get help in Texas. Uh, it has locations of warming centers and things of that nature. There's also, also a piece in Eater Austin 
about how to help feed people in need during Austin's winter weather crisis, where to donate money, food, and supplies to help the vulnerable in the city. Uh, I want to thank Scott Wappler for talking with me today. Check out Scott's podcast, uh, The Kingcast. I'll link to uh, that podcast in the show notes and also his Twitter account as well as his Patreon. Scott Wampler, be safe out there, man. And thanks for chatting with me today on Culturally Relevant. Yeah, I, I do want to point out that I've only talked to you on the air twice. Last time, you made me rewatch that Jesus movie where you kept getting shot with a machine gun. And and this this one, <laughs> we're talking about like a, a frozen apocalypse. Hopefully, we can eventually get on the line and talk about something pleasant where I'm not, <laughs> where I'm not just shouting swear words at, at uh, complete fuckholes like Governor Abbott and uh, Senator Ted Cruz. I, I would like that as well. Yes. And uh, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me this morning, yeah. Scott. We'll have a picnic right. one day, Dave. It'll be fun. Uh, indeed, it will be.